superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in. It's the Fantasy Pros recap of week six here. Uh, I am Scott Bogman. I am joined by Deepak Chona. Uh, it looks like Tara is coming in and out there. But Deepak, anyway, we are here with you to get the reactions on the injuries from week six. Can you give us some good news? Because that is what we really want here. Christian McCaffrey down with the oblique injury. Not sure what's going on with him. Please, please tell me that he is going to be okay. And this is a short lived injury. Please. I'm praying to all of the injury gods. Can you tell me some good news? Yeah, well, the data on this would suggest that that is probably the case. Most of these don't cause any long-term absence. The average is actually only one to two weeks. So based on that alone, he would have a reasonably good chance to play next week. And so, so the fact that Christian McCaffrey got injured and then came back, tried to keep playing in the game, that in itself tells us that this is probably not super high severity. And again, with the average on these, one to two weeks is usually what you're looking at with a low performance impact when he returns. So we'll find out more as the week develops and as they probably get an MRI, but hopefully not too long of an absence for Christian McCaffrey. All right, so CMC, not too long. All right, thank you. How about David Montgomery uh, with the rib injury? Uh, can, do we have good news there or is that kind of more cloudy? It's, I would say it's sort of medium cloudy in the sense that these do ca- cause on average about a two-week absence. With that being said, though, there's, again, a little bit of a range, and it's largely a pain tolerance issue because it's structurally a stable type of injury. So there is usually a mild performance impact for about two weeks when players come back, but it's the type of injury that can, in a lot of cases, be played through. So we'll see how he progresses. And then, of course, with Jameer Gibbs not being necessarily available – we they might be pushed a little harder to get Montgomery back out there. And how about uh, Justin Fields with the hand injury? Yeah, this one is a little dicey in the sense that it's his thumb on his throwing hand. And Dak Prescott actually went out last year with surgery for this. So they we don't know for sure if the ligament is torn. He has negative x-rays, which tells us the bone is in good shape. But we'll get an MRI tomorrow. And if that ligament is not torn, then it's basically a sprain and you're looking at a one to two week absence. If that ligament is torn, then you're talking surgery, probably at least six weeks out. So this is going to be one we really have to wait for tomorrow to see what's going to end up happening with it, huh? After he gets his MRI and all that stuff. Correct. I think we'll know pretty much immediately after the MRI, but we will have to wait for that. All right. Jimmy G, another QB, uh, exited the game early with a back injury. I know he went to the hospital as a precaution for this brian hoyer came in what can you tell me about jimmy g yeah with jimmy g it's not an obvious injury just on the video but the fact that he went to the hospital means they're probably doing some sort of cat scan or 3d imaging to rule out any fractures in his spine and potentially internal organ injuries so there's a whole sort of range of severity with this type of thing again it sounds like a precaution but you never really know so we'll sort of see as as the results of those testing develop. But I think 
Jimmy G, you're probably looking at at least a week absence if you went to the hospital tonight. And Debo with the shoulder injury, uh, anything there that you can update us with? Yeah, the the comments from San Francisco say it's not expected to be serious and the x-rays are negative. So that leans us towards what the most common situation would be here, which is an AC joint sprain. We've seen a lot of these in, in the past few weeks. Some players are able to play through. The average one takes about two weeks. And for those first couple of weeks, you usually do see a mild performance hit. But Debo Samuel does have a history of playing through a lot of injuries. So we may see him back this coming week. We'll, we'll get to know more. He'll get an MRI, and then we'll get to know more as he practice, as progresses through practice. Are there any other ones we missed? Because I know Garrett Wilson went out and came back. Stevenson went out and came back. Tyreek Hill had the cramps and came back. Was there anything else uh, that we yeah, the, potentially missed? The only other big one was an offensive lineman, Lane Johnson, left, didn't come back. His video looked like a high ankle, which in most cases is going to be a multi-week absence. And offensive linemen can sometimes really heavily tape up that ankle and return a little sooner. But in general, you do see a multi-week absence, obviously a big loss for the Eagles if that's the case. Yeah, and they lost today. Uh, you know, not not a good one to not only lose maybe your best offensive lineman. I mean, they have a great outline anyway, but your best lineman and then also the game. So not a lot of fun. Terry, you back with us? I'm here um, somewhat. <laughs> I appreciate you so much for moving forward without me. Um, my computer, my internet, it had a heart attack and it decided that it was not going to work at the very moment that we were supposed to start. But yes, thank you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. It, it. You got anything more for uh, Deepak or are we getting him out of here? I think we're good to go. Thank you so much for joining us, Deepak. Uh, analysis is always wonderful, as always. Guys, remember that you can find Deepak on, uh, make sure that you check out sportsmedanalytics.com. You can also find him on Twitter at sportsmdanalysis. So make sure that you check out all of those things. And we will be right back, Scott and I, covering the recap of all of today's games right after this. Want to dominate your fantasy football leagues? Well, then you need My Playbook, available only from Fantasy Pros. Struggling with the waiver wire? My Playbook lets you see who the top available players are week to week. Can't decide who to start? Compare your players side by side with detailed breakdowns and projections for each week of your fantasy season. And it's all included with your premium subscription to Fantasy Pros. So sign up today at fantasypros.com or download our free My Playbook app to your Apple or Android device. All right, now it is time for our top headlines of the day. We will start off with the first one around quarterback. All right, it's Jekyll and Howell strikes again, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to make you read my dad jokes, <laughs> even though I'm not a dad here. Uh, yeah, Jekyll and Howell strikes again. Howell, terrible last week, and this week back again with three touchdown passes. So uh, the commander's offense is hit and miss. There's a lot of uh, quarterbacks that could have gone with in this one, but... Uh, I could have said something about CJ. Str I couldn't come up with something quippy about him throwing his first interception on the season, but uh, how just is the bane of my fantasy existence this year. When I put him in zero touchdowns, three interceptions. When I take him out three touchdowns, zero interceptions, just the way it goes. It makes complete sense. It happens to all of us. He's just one of those players, right? 
you know, um, we'll move on to the running back headline here. Mostert makes the most of many touches, 19. 19 yeah, total 19, touches, three touchdowns. <laughs> 19 touches and three touchdowns. A-Chan uh, down for uh, a little while, obviously placed on IR after the huge game I was on here last week. Saying, yeah, he's number one, he's number one, he's number one. And then, of course, he goes out and lands on IR, but Mostert, uh, made the most of it, like I said, with the three touchdowns on the 19 touches and seems to be the leader by a wide margin in that backfield while HN is down. Yeah, we expected Jeff Wilson. We thought he was going to get activated off of IR and be, you know, good to go for this game. Didn't happen there. Are we thinking that... He- is he a threat at all when he does come back? Let's say he comes back next week. Um, mm-hmm. Does that move you off of Mostert in any way, shape, or form? No, when A-Chan comes back, I, I don't, I think it's going to be one of these annoying things, like kind of like we're seeing with Jonathan Taylor, right? Where he'll come back that first week and then get two to three touches or two to three series or whatever it is, five to six touches. And then the next week it's half and half. And then we're going to see it's hot hand and Mostert has a history of injuries. So right now I'm, you know, if I got the extra spot, I'm scooping up Ahmed, maybe even Brooks if I'm in a super deep league, just to make sure I have a piece of this Miami offense because it is so good. But most hurts going to be a startable asset as long as he's healthy. And then our third headline here talking tight end Schultz showing up. Yeah, finally, at least. 40 yards and a touchdown three weeks in a row. After that awful start to the season, we were like, okay, we might have misread this, him going to a new team, and maybe it's the whole Austin Hooper effect where you get your contract and you go to a new team, and all of a sudden you're just completely irrelevant. But no, he's showing up now, and he's doing fantastic. Are we we trusting him now? I think so, and it helps, you know, well, I mean, it doesn't help the offense as a whole, but with Tank Dell being down in terms of Schultz fantasy production, his has gone up, and he's kind of becoming – you know, that good, he's getting that good connection rapport with CJ Stroud right now, who is, you know, building with everyone, but uh, you know, a touchdown of 40 yards, that'll get it done at the tight end position. It's pretty ugly so far. So we'll take it. Yeah. Pretty ugly. Definitely ugly. And it finally feels like we can actually rely on him. Our, uh, our fourth headline of the day, we haven't lost the thing loving feeling. <laughs> yeah that's that our um, we haven't lost that thing love and thielen it's our here's to what's next miller light headline of the day we have not lost that love and thielen uh adam thielen 11 catches 115 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets uh he he was ugly week one with uh bryce young and since then he has kind of uh you know been looking real good so we like what we've seen from thielen and we have not lost that love and feeling had to come up with a, you know, that line all by myself. So that's what you get. <laughs> it was a, it was a beautiful line. And speaking of Miller light oh, with you. a Miller light in hand, fall doesn't just taste great. It feels great. It tastes like Miller time to get Miller light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros. That's MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces matchup recaps 
All right, guys. Um, we'll go ahead and jump into recapping all of these games here. We'll start off um, with Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore 24, Tennessee 16. This was kind of a weird one, right, Scott, where it felt like it should have, we expected more production, but we kind of sort of got what we were looking for, kind of sort of missed a few things, maybe a little bit underwhelming. You know, big takeaway here, um, Malik Willis. Is it Malik time here? Uh, Ryan Tannehill carted off with an ankle injury. I mean, are we, if, how are we approaching this? How are you approaching this, Scott? If Malik Miller. I, I really don't want to see Malik Willis yet, but I hate what I've seen from Ryan Tannehill. So I don't think it really matters. I mean, Hopkins has one good game so far this year. We thought Chigazi McConquo was going to be a nice tight end option, and he has been nothing so far this year because I can't get this passing game rolling, which makes me wonder why we haven't seen more of Derrick Henry. This team now 0-4 when Derrick Henry has fewer than 20 touches and 2-0 when he does have 20 touches. He had 14 in this one. He had 12 rushes for 97 yards and the score. Um, he had the two catches for 16 yards. Ty J had more snaps than him, 31 to 29. He also ran seven more routes, which I do understand because they were down for the majority of this game. And Ty J is in there to, you know, pick up blocks and kind of take things away, take some of that heavy workload away from Derrick Henry. But I think you got to get the ball in his hands. So I think that is what I'm most worried about on the Tennessee side is does Malik come in? It, can anybody come in and make this better? I'd rather see Will Levis if he can make it better. Ryan Tannehill has been awful. I think it's pretty clear that his career needs to wrap up. I don't know if Malik Willis is ready yet, which is why we've seen so much of Tannehill. Will Levis is clearly not ready because he's behind Malik, who they went out <laughs> and got Josh Dobbs for last season. So uh, hopefully with a you know full week of practice with the ones, if he is going to start, we'll be able to see a little bit more from Tannehill here. And, you know, we've got Tennessee on a bye, so at least there's that. Looking at the Baltimore side of it, um, Edwards there, 17 touches for him to Hill's um, 11. But again, this split backfield, it's not really doing much for us. Um, he's getting the goal line snaps, but again, it's not a ton of offense going on for him to really benefit. So it just kind of seems like we're in no man's land of these running backs who are could potentially give us something. It just depends on who ends up getting the touchdown, if they can actually get a touchdown. Yeah, it's you know musical chairs every single week for this game uh, for Baltimore here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Edwards. He's getting the goal line carries he's when you watch them he's clearly the better back in my opinion it, zay flowers is viable obviously mark andrews is viable but nobody else you know you're flipping a coin on the running backs you play lamar you play zay you play andrews nobody else is valuable in baltimore just can't nelson aguilar actually playing ahead of a guy like rashad bateman a former first round pick this is painful like if you <laughs> if you if you drafted rashad bateman you have been wildly overwhelmed right now they've got detroit coming up so it's a tough matchup detroit um i mean we'll talk about them later but detroit has been um stellar in terms of the defensive yes. performance that they have put up recently so that'll be very interesting it'll be a a solid matchup for us to look at there by the way guys football is back in full swing with another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers can bet five dollars on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this month. So 
make sure that you get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code FANTASYPROS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Fantastic deal. You got to take advantage of it. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Moving on to the next game, Cleveland and San Francisco. We had the upset here. Cleveland, 19 San Francisco 17, they finally lose. It was kind of a, I mean, I feel like we got a lot to talk about here. Um, we talked about the injuries earlier with Deepak, we, with CMC, the injuries to him, Debo, the injury to him. Again, this was just a weird game where we weren't getting exactly what we expected. You know, Scott, what are your big takeaways here? Yeah, I mean, obviously the CMC injury, hopefully, like Deepak said, you know, one week at most, he could even be back this week. But I think the biggest takeaway in this game for me on the San Francisco side anyway is Jordan, Jordan Mason looks like the new handcuff here. He had five rushes for 27 yards and touchdown. Eli Mitchell only had two for negative three. And just in terms of snaps, he doubled Eli Mitchell. Uh, 15 snaps for him, nine routes run, seven for Mitchell with five routes run. We've seen uh, Shanahan kind of play musical chairs behind the running back. That's why they paid a lot to get CMC last year is because they just couldn't get someone they like. So it looks like behind CMC, we are playing these, this musical chair bit once again. And uh, it's not that much fun. Kittle had a terrible game. One catch for one yard. He has four games under five points. The other two games, 12 and a half. And then the 26.2 points in the three touchdown game uh, last week, which is nice. But point six, it's just making him making him hard to start in a world where tight ends are already not that great. So, yeah, this was one of the reasons why I struggled to get there with Kittle at his ADP to start the season, just because we know like we know overall he's going to finish as a top five tight end. It's just how you get there. That's going to be the issue. You're going to take those lumps with him. Uh, the Jordan Mason new handcuff issue. This one is a tough one for me. I do a, a weekly waiver wire video and I'm literally was like writing up, you know, and ordering my guys right before this. And, you know, Elijah Mitchell was high roster, but obviously people cut him a lot over the past couple of weeks. And so he's very available too. And this is kind of a weird one where you get worried about like, you know, are we going to spend our fab and go in there and grab Jordan Mason? Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, Elijah Mitchell, he's feeling healthier now and yeah. we're, we're good to go. And we're just going to go with him because he's traditionally been our number two. So <sighs> it's the Again. DeMarcado situation, which we'll get to in it, a minute. Exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so we've got Houston and New Orleans. Houston here with the big win, 20 over, 20 over New Orleans, 13. Again, you know, Kamara. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara here. Um, it kind of got off a little slow. I was a little bit worried. I rostered him in a couple of leagues, and I was, like, getting a little bit nervous. But the overall finish, again, it's just coming on strong here. Yeah, I mean, he is making up for lost time, isn't he, Tara? I mean, uh, 26 touches today. 
25 last week, 24 the week before. Uh, in, in his first two games, he had 19 carries for 68 and seven catches for 36. He is the catalyst of this offense right now. Carr uh, with a pretty solid game, 32 of 50, 353, a touchdown and a pick. You know, solid game for fantasy anyway. Um, Stroud finally threw his pick as well. So we had some decent quarterback play in this game. A lot of these games felt weird. Felt like we were getting yards and then not the points. And this was one of them exactly. where both these quarterbacks were pretty decent. And, uh, you know, w- we just couldn't get the points 20 to 13. The defense has played better. I think my bigger thing here, Tara, is Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce getting out snapped yeah. and out touched by Singletary. And Pierce has been bad. And the, the O-line has had its issues in Houston the whole year. But Pierce just hasn't been good. And Singletary, 12 carries for 58. He had the two catches or two targets, one catch for four yards. Pierce was not even targeted. He had 13 carries for 34 yards. He's just been plotting. And Singletary now looks to maybe take this backfield over. And I think if you are rostering Damian Pierce, you at least need to handcuff him with Singletary because maybe they go back to Pierce. Maybe this was just a hot hand situation in this game and they could go back to Pierce. But also Singletary out uh, played him at the line, I believe, as well. Five to three. Oh, no. Pierce was still more at the line. Five to three. So maybe we'll get those touchdowns. But if this is going to be a split backfield, I don't really want any part of it. So um, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, making murky situations with running backs a little more murky yeah. right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it was already the ceiling was already very limited with Damian Pierce. And now if we've got Devin Singletary pushing this much in there, then the floor isn't what it is either. So you've got a guy with a low floor, low ceiling. It's just not an, not an ideal situation there. Um, on the reverse side with New Orleans. Um, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, car 50 attempts. That's kind of wild over that's at least, yeah. at least we feel confident now that the shoulder is okay. Cause that was the big issue there. I mean, when you look at the production that, um, Olave Shahid. I think Michael Thomas was the only one whose you know skill set kind of was okay with um with the shoulder injury with Derek Carr. But sure when you're looking at Olave and um, Rashid Shahid and those bad performances they've had over the past three weeks, that's directly attributed to Derek Carr's shoulder. We feeling good about it now. Looks good. Throwing for high attempts, and lo and behold. We've got the nice big boom game here from Shahid. So it's those direct comparisons and, you know, watching all of that that really can help you make those fantasy decisions. And Taysom Hill, I mean, uh, Taysom Hill had 11 targets, seven catches for 49 yards. His previous high in receptions was three. And I know this is all happening with Juwan Johnson down and he's going to come back and probably usurp most of those targets and all of that stuff. But uh, if you need a tight end, Taysom Hill looks like he might be an answer because they're still going to use him on those tricky, weird plays and he'll throw a pass every once in a while as well. So, you know, if he's going to be getting five targets and three catches, plus maybe a little bit extra, if you're in a deeper league, he could be an option at tight end. Absolutely. In Jacksonville, or we've got New Orleans at Jacksonville next week, and then Houston is on a bye. So we'll be able to use those fantasy assets next week. But you know what you will be able to use? You will be able to use the fantasy news and scores app. Stay ahead of your fantasy leagues with the fantasy news and scores app. Instant updates on player news and rumors from NFL, MLB, and NBA. Customize your news stream and get alerts on your followed players 
Download it now at fantasypros.com slash apps. It'll help you dominate your league with the latest news. Very important to stay up to date on that because we have a ton of stuff that comes out last minute and makes adjustments to your fantasy lineups. Like we'll talk later about, you know, um, or I guess we can talk about it now and moving on to uh, Miami and Carolina. And, you know, maybe you would have grabbed, if you had those news alerts from the app, you would have grabbed Chuba Hubbard when we found out that all of a sudden, Miles Sanders was going to be a no-go. Miami versus Carolina. Miami 42 dominated the game after um, a weird start there where they were non-existent. But hey, they made up for it um, by far. Carolina 21, but a solid, solid fantasy day from several of the guys that we were expecting from it. Um, Again, we talked about Raheem Mostert earlier and the touches that he had, the touchdowns. Um, His production this season has just been absolutely incredible. Savannah Ahmed as the number two there. Um, Talk to us about this overall Miami offense that is just pumping out fantasy points over and over and over again. I mean, Mostert is just going to be an RB1. Uh, for a while until he's either hurt or A-Chan comes back. And, and I don't even know if when A-Chan comes back, he's not an RB1. He's been awesome. Ahmed was a two today. He had 24 snaps to Brooks 11. So it looks like the previous week when Brooks was active and Ahmed was down, it was more because of special teams for Brooks. Not that big of a shock there. Uh, Waddle surprisingly had his first game with over five catches. He had seven for 51 and the score in this game. He has been the one guy that hasn't been going and he got going today. And then Tyreek just continues to be the best in uh, best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, 10 targets, six catches, 163 yards and a score. And that was all after he left with cramps. So, you know, took a couple, you know, like, half a quarter off and still wound up with 163 and a touchdown. He was awesome on the Panthers side. We saw Bryce young have another okay day. I would say 23 of 38, 217 yards, a touchdown, but he was sacked four more times. We cannot have this guy at this size keep getting hit. He is not going to survive. So uh, I think at end at some point, especially in like a super flex league, you're going to want to stash, Andy Dalton, because I do think he's going to wind up coming in. Uh, Chuba had 20 touches filling in for miles. That was amazing. 90 yards with the touchdown uh, Blackshear with only six touches. So it looks like if Sanders has to miss more time or whatever, it is just a solo backfield for Chuba Hubbard as it stands right now. And obviously Thielen was the only guy catching passes. I mean, uh, you know, Bryce Young had 23 completions and 11 of them went to Adam Thielen. So the rest were uh, spread out. Uh, Chark was the only other Carolina option with over five targets. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like, but it looks like it's all Thielen and all Chuba with Miles Sanders down. Yeah, it's funny. We get um in the live stream Q&A that we do on Sunday morning. I do that with Chris Welsh. Uh, we get a ton of Adam Thielen questions. And at this point, it's just roll out. If Thielen is healthy, you roll out Thielen as much as humanly possible. You don't bench him. This is like... A, Healthy Adam Thielen is thriving. And it was good to see, you know, it wasn't a fantastic day from Bryce Young, but it was a it was a decent day from him in terms of his development. So that was good to see. Um, if we had gotta ask you, Scott, if we have um if we have Miles Sanders come back next week, Chuba Hubbard has been creeping into that production all season long. At this point, I don't feel like I can trust. Miles Sanders, I don't see a scenario where he gets 70% of the work out of this backfield at this point. Unfortunately, it's feeling like this is going to be a a light committee. I'm I wonder, though, how much of that is like Miles Sanders was playing banged up. So they use Chuba more and now they have Sanders down because they want to use him as much as they do. 
So when he comes back, are they giving him this week off so that when he comes back, he's fully healthy and now he's getting the lion's share again. So I'm with you. It has been wishy-washy in this backfield for sure. But I think once Sanders comes back, I'm still fine rolling him out as the main guy there. Carolina on a bye week next week in Miami at Philadelphia. Tough matchup there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Great game. If you haven't heard about Whatnot yet, allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform. Whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform, often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. This week, in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product Flawless was released. It's been making waves in the hobby with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. When on Whatnot, you can invest in a player like Zay Flowers or any player that you think will do well just by purchasing his card. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to fantasypros.com whatnot and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to fantasypros.com whatnot to redeem your $10 discount. This link will also be included in the description below. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experience the triumph of a DIY fix on your car, that perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned, that's what eBay Motors brings to the table, ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, the next one that we've got here to recap, Cincinnati versus Seattle. This was underwhelming. I'm not going to lie. It was. Cincinnati 17, Seattle 13. I mean, watching it just felt like it felt like a felt like a chore. (laughs) It did. I watched a lot of this game. You know, my Steelers are on a bye week, so I watch a division rival most of the time. I should have been watching the Niners and Browns game. That's the game I should have been watching. That game was way more fun, even though the score was around the same. It was way more fun to watch that one. Then this one, I mean, Blade from Burrow again, 24 of 35, 185, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, two touchdowns is nice. Jamar Chase had 13 targets, six for 80. But T. Higgins did not look quite ready to go yet. He had four targets, two catches, 20 yards. He only played 29 of 54 snaps. That was third behind Boyd as well. Uh, Seattle has O-line issues on their side. Gino was sacked four times. He was pressured and hit on a lot of throws outside of that. Uh, Ken Walker only had 3.3 yards per carry on 19 carries for 62 yards. Charbonnet only got two carries, but they were for two and a half yards. And uh, Walker, I mean, this was kind of getting a little blurry too with Walker and Charbonnet uh, the last week, but Walker dominated snaps this week, 56 of 73, and Charbonnet only played in 17. We saw Metcalf was a little bit of a crybaby. He left and then he came back and he stopped on a route that was for a pick, but he still led the Seahawks in targets with 10. So, you know, uh, diva wide receiver being a diva wide receiver, not a surprise there. And JSN had his best game so far, but it still wasn't that great in terms of fantasy. He had five targets, four catches, 48 yards. They're just splitting him and Jake Bobo. I feel like too much for one of those. If that was a spot for one guy, like it is in Minnesota with the three receivers, I would be more, I would be more psyched about JSN, but it's just been split between him and Bobo. So it seems like JSN still kind of waiting for a delivery here. Yeah, I I think that makes sense. We don't have a massive contribution from the tight end position. So you would hope you would think that there would be a path for JSN, but it really hasn't been. Um, DK Metcalf being a little crybaby. Yeah, it's funny. Um, And maybe that means that, you know, we've seen wide receivers on the sidelines. You cry, you whine, you argue, and you get your blow up game the next game. So AJ Brown did it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Devonta Smith. He needs to speak out. He needs to say something. (laughs) Speak up. But Seattle gets Arizona next week, and then Cincinnati's on that bye week. Hopefully, we can see. If I had done a headline, Scott, I already had it like planned out in my mind. Mm. I would have headlined like um, Decoy Higgins, like Decoy Higgins. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That's so much better than anything I had. <laughs> you should definitely be doing the headlines. I'm not good at them. I don't have that like dad joke brain. I had I had Ritter me this <laughs> last week for uh, Desmond Ritter, yeah. and I also thought it was the greatest. And I was like, I, I thought it was kind of lame. So. Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. T-coy. And bring like in the mom that. jokes. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And by the way, guys, speaking of T Higgins, by the way, who was, yes, T-coy Higgins was, he was there, but <laughs> similar to last year, we got that thing where he's on the field, but he's not really utilized getting, you know, getting healed up from that rib injury, but they're on the bye week. But speaking of a buy, you can maybe buy low on T Higgins. It's the perfect time to utilize the trade analyzer. You can utilize the trade analyzer at fantasy slash my playbook to instantly evaluate how any trade will affect your team for this week and the rest of season. 
season and even in dynasty. So it's great for all these guys. Cause there's a lot of options here for guys that are underperforming guys that you can buy low on. And T Higgins is one of those players. So make sure that you use my playbook in order to take advantage of that and make sure that you are making the best trades for your fantasy team. Moving on to the next game recap here, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. Uh, this was a crazy one because Indianapolis, the score was insane. And I, I thought that this was going to be like a bigger Trevor Lawrence game. And every time I kept looking at my one Trevor Lawrence team over my head, I'm like, okay, where is, I mean, I see <laughs> the points on the scoreboard, but where are the points in my fantasy lineup? They're not there. <laughs> yeah. He had a day similar to Joe Burrow, you know, it was meh 20 of 30, which is nice. 181, two touchdowns, which is also nice. A pick, three rushes for 15 yards, but it's just not a lot there to pull from the Jacksonville side with all these 37 points. You're wondering where they're coming from. Uh, Calvin Ridley, to me, is becoming boomer bust. He had four catches for 30 yards today on eight targets. His half PPR totals so far this season are 20.1, 4.2, 5.5. Then he was up over 10 again, 10.8, 17.1, and then down again to 4.6 today. He's been over 10 in three weeks and five and a half or lower in three weeks. So he's kind of becoming, you know, we thought maybe he would at least be a wide receiver two. He's becoming kind of that wide receiver three option on your team or flex option. If you only start two wide receivers where you, you can't start him and expect a certain line. You have to start him in a, and hope that he breaks out, which is, you know, really annoying for where you did have to draft him. Uh, ETN with the two touchdowns today. That's where our production went uh, 18 for 55 and two scores for him. Five touchdowns on the season four in the last two weeks is nice. Evan Ingram is kind of becoming a floor tight end this season. He's been between 4.8 and 10.2 points in all six games this season, which you don't want to go down to five, but it's better than a donut, which we will occasionally get from a tight end. So we'll take that. He's just becoming a floor guy because there hasn't been a lot over that Minshew with 55 pass attempts is not going to be a winning formula for the Colts 33 of 55. He had 329 yards, a touchdown, but the three picks and he lost a fumble. So four turnovers, not a good spot for him. The running back scenario in Indy, we saw Moss have seven for 21 in the score. He also had six catches for 38 yards. JT had eight rushes for 19 yards. Not good, but also five, uh, catches for 46 uh, Moss played 39 snaps to 33 for Taylor 28 routes run for Moss to 22 for Taylor so that was more 50 50 where it was you know 90 10 last week and hopefully this upcoming week this next game for the Colts against Cleveland we're gonna see it more for JT but that's a terrible matchup against Cleveland so if you are starting him uh, just be aware of that and then Pittman with the 14 targets for 109 yards Josh Downs got in the end zone, which kind of saved his day after we picked him up. And I was kind of looking at Josh Downs to have a big day today because it looks like Gardner Minshew likes him. And he had a lot of targets. He had eight targets, but only 21 yards and the one touchdown. So this was a higher scoring game than it looked like, but it was a lot of turnovers from Indy that kind of caused it. So short set up short yardage and get a lot of points that way if you're Jacksonville, which was okay for fantasy, but not great. 
Yeah, it was kind of a weird one. I mean, we were happy to see a little bit more production from JT. Maybe we can feel more positive moving forward there. They're creeping him along, getting him back in there. I'm with you. I um, thought this was going to, at least we got the touchdown with Josh Downs, but I did think that this was going to be a bigger day from him. Um, I mean, Pittman was still going to be the alpha here regardless. So I felt pretty confident in that one, but I really thought that, you know, we'd see some stronger production out of Downs, but the targets were there. So I don't think we were off in our analysis there. So I, Feel positively about that. All right, guys. By the way, before we move on to the next game, backyard football gatherings, bonfires with a crisp autumn breeze, attending football games. The only thing better than spending fall outside with our friends is spending fall outside with friends and beer. And not just any beer. Miller Lite is the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer. It is perfectly brewed for everything fall has to offer. Miller time is when you and your friends can get together and enjoy the simple things in life. The next time you want to make the most of your fall memories, crack open a white can and let the great taste of Miller Lite hit your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. With a Miller Lite in your hand, autumn doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash pros. That's MillerLite.com slash pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer, Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. As I mentioned before, guys, I will be enjoying a Miller Lite right after this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next game, especially, and I'm going to need it especially as I mull over this Minnesota and Chicago game. I mean, oh my gosh. I, it's not that I was expecting the world from Kirk Cousins, but I was expecting more than this yeah. against the Chicago defense. Yeah, it was bad. They're missing Justin Jefferson very badly. Um, I mean, time of possession was 24-49 for them. They're 2 of 13 on third downs. 181 passing yards is not going to be a winning formula if you're the Minnesota Vikings. Cousins threw the ball 31 times, 21 of 31, 181 yards. But we didn't have anyone have a big day on the receiving side, even against a, a secondary in Chicago, that is, it's played better than I thought, but it's less than it's less than average, I would say. Hawkinson, uh, six catches for 50. Addison, three for 28 in the score. Osborne, four for 48. And Powell, only three for 20. Madison had 18 carries, but couldn't get a lot of room working. 44 yards on those. Uh, he led all Minnesota targets in, in targets for seven he only caught four for 28. Uh, he was 45 of 57 snaps. Akers only had nine. So it looks like it is Madison's job here in Minnesota. So we at least have that. We obviously had the field's wrist injury. Bajent came in 10 for 14 threw a bad pick that ended up going for a touchdown. Uh, also um, scored a touchdown himself diving in and got the ball to DJ Moore, which is what you want your young guy to do. But it was too little too late at that point on the running back side. We did see Foreman take 40 of 66 snaps. Darrington Evans had 24, uh, 15 for 65 for Foreman. He had one catch, nine for 32 for Evans, who also had one catch. So uh, I just, I fear for what this offense is going to look like under Tyson Bajan if Fields does have to miss time and have surgery like Deepak kind of theorized could happen here. Yeah, it is definitely a scary situation there. Um, Foreman, disappointing, really. I mean, I think that kind of, what his performance kind of told us is that um, 
yeah, he's not the RB1 moving forward. We're going to get Roshan back next week. And even though it's, you know, a bad offensive situation, at least we know that Roshan has that pass catching upside. So at least we know we don't have to debate, you know, is Foreman going to get the carries Is Roshan? I think this performance that he gave right here told us exactly why he was inactive for every single week after week one. It's just not, it's not happening, unfortunately for him. And I hate that for him, but Unfortunately, that is the he's case. a goal linebacker only. He's a, yeah. you know, he's just uh, in there to be uh, a, a wrecking ball. That's all he is yeah. at this point. Yes. And maybe that pays off with pageant, but, you know, goal line back doesn't have much uh, doesn't have much touchdown equity in an offense with Justin Fields. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very unfortunate there. Um, Chicago facing Vegas last or next week. That's important to know because we'll talk about Vegas um, in a little bit and their defense and the way that they perform against running backs. Um, then we've got uh, Minnesota Monday night football against San Francisco. Um Man, we can hope that Kirk Cousins will pull it together and maybe have um, the anti-Kirk Cousins primetime performance against Minnesota or against San Francisco. He but was good on Thursday night football, but I, I don't know if he's going to live through this game. Like This is going to be a bad so. one. Yeah. San Francisco is coming off angry, man. They're going to come yeah. back in. Kyle Shanahan is going to punish them for, for what happened in the prior week. All right. Moving on to Washington, beating Atlanta 24-16. Um, we talked about this one in your headline. Jekyll and Howell again. Um, he's just one of those quarterbacks, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, the three touchdowns is great, so we'll take it. You know, 151 yards only on 14 completions only, but – the three scores will take it. Atlanta controlled the clock big time in this game, 36, 23 to 23, 37, but they couldn't end drives with points. This is the ultimate game this week that I was talking about where it looked like we should have way more points based on the yards, uh, 402 total yards, but three interceptions and two turnovers on downs for Atlanta is what uh, caused this. Both Washington running backs were bailed out by touchdowns in this game. Brian Robinson had uh, 56 total yards and a score. I mean, Gibson, if you're starting Gibson, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what you're doing. M- must be everybody's hurt. But he scored a touchdown. Uh, London, his first game with over 10 targets at 12 for nine catches and 125 yards. Pitts going again. You know, this is because I told everyone Pitts is dead. It's over. It's not happening. It's like Fletch. It's never going to happen. But it is now that I said that it is four yes. catches for 43 and he got in the end zone again. Um, I'm not believing it, Tara. Are you believing in Kyle Pitts? Are you buying the are you buying? It? He's supremely talented, but it's still Arthur Smith. I have written off Atlanta as being able to figure them out. Um, so I, I am semi believing in Pitts and situational if I have to do it. Um, if I have to say yes to a Kyle Pitts question, then that's basically it. It's I would say yes, if it wasn't for the fact of Ritter in these interceptions. And when you kept the, the camera kept showing Arthur Smith looking just um, not sad, just kind of exasperated, like just kind of like, yeah. what am I supposed to what are we going to do? A lot yeah. of those from yes. Arthur Smith this week. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe what we see after that is that they do kind of bring that pass volume down a little bit or just, I, I, so that's the only reason that I feel like we might be able to not trust them. One name missing from this because he gave us nothing. John Dotson. Oh my gosh. I just, a huge I, drop. <laughs> I mean, it hit him right in his hands. The, your job, <sighs> your whole job is catch the ball when it's thrown to you and it, it hit him right in his hands 
and he dropped it. And Hal just doesn't look at him. And especially after that happened, I don't know that I saw one more target for Hal. Maybe yes. he had one, but I didn't see him. McLaurin had 11, six for 81. So he was fine, even though he didn't score. And there's only 151 yards passing uh, from Hal. He was good. Curtis Samuel, uh, four for 42. He has scored in three straight games. We like to see that. And I'm not convinced that we don't see a change of quarterback for Atlanta. Ritter uh, has five touchdowns and six picks this year. And especially at the end of the game, you saw two big delay of game penalties. One was a delay of game penalty. And then I think the next one was another delay of game penalty right after you had a delay of game penalty, which is just inexcusable. And the announcers were talking about it. It's a bad look for Atlanta on the quarterback side because you have weapons. You have Drake London. You have Pitts. You have Bijan. Your offensive line is great at run blocking, but this shouldn't be the game formula every week. You don't want to throw the ball this many times when you have Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke as your quarterback. You don't want to do that. So I love it for fantasy because we see Pitts become productive. We see uh, Drake London become productive, but I don't believe this is what they want to do. So I think we might see a readjustment at the quarterback position. I think it's a possibility too. Moving on to the afternoon games, we had Vegas and New England in the in the weird, strange Ugh, game. Of two sad yeah. teams. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vegas twenty one. New England still couldn't get it together. Seventeen. Um, get the nice little Jacoby Myers revenge game here. But I mean, uh, talk to us about this catastrophe. I mean, everyone's worried about Devonte, and I understand that, uh, you know, two for 29 and Jimmy G goes down and he had to go to the hospital. And like Deepak said, it's likely that he at least misses one game. They do play Chicago next week. We like that Chicago, uh, can be taken advantage of, uh, I think whoever comes in, whether it is Hoyer, who was active today, or Aiden O'Connell, who they started before when Derek Carr couldn't play, or Derek Carr, when Jimmy G couldn't play, I mean, interchangeable kind of crappy quarterback, mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, it, I, I don't think it matters. I think the game plan should be two players. It should be, or three players, really. Jacobs, Devontae, Jacoby. That's it. That's what your playbook should be. I love that Michael Mayer got involved this week, and I do think he's a really good rookie and that he is going to make an impact this year. But with a uh, you know a less than stellar option at QB, put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and let them do the work for you, which is what I think should happen here. Jacobs kind of had that today, 25 carries for 77 yards, two catches as well, so 27 touches. Like I said, we had the Michael Mayer breakout game, six targets, five catches, 75 yards. Uh, this is his first game with more than three targets uh, on the Raiders side, which is awesome. Uh, Myers, like you said, revenge game had... Uh, five for 61 and a touchdown. Mac Jones still sucks. 24 of 33, 200 yards and a pick. Ramondre left and came back. Him and Zeke both scored. But, I mean, you can say everything that we said about Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and put it on Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott because that's the way it's going. And that is what this scenario reminds me of. They should both be way better than the guys in Baltimore. Yeah. And they're not because Mac Jones can't get anything done. So it's making the defense or the offense too predictable and the defenses sack it up. I did like to see uh, Kendrick Bourne with 10 targets and 89 yards, uh, 10 catches and 89 yards on 11 targets. But I mean, the, the new England defense is just ugly right now. It's not fun to watch, but it might be a little more fun to watch than the Jimmy G list Raiders. I don't know. 
I feel like we walked in this game hoping to solve problems and walked out with more problems. All right, moving on to the next game here. We've got Detroit 20, Tampa Bay 6. Again, another low-scoring game. This was a low-scoring week, but um, Jared Goff got us there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Goff was great. 30 of 44, 353 yards, and two scores. And it was because after we saw um, Monty go down, Gibbs was already out. They scrapped the run game. I mean, 10 carries for 15 yards for Reynolds. It is hard to run against Tampa Bay's front. They are very, very good. That's why we saw Monra go wild. Uh, 15 uh, targets, a lot of catches here. I lost my spot. 12 catches, I believe, for 124 and touchdown. Laporta had 11 targets, only four catches for 36. We saw Jameson Williams finally make a play. It's what I've been waiting for the whole season. Uh, two for 53 and a score. Reynolds had three for 50. I mean, that was nice. But Baker got a little banged up at the end of this game. I don't know. I, we didn't really see it too much. Hopefully, it's not one of these, you know, uh, HN uh, type of injuries. But he got hit on the last play, and he was kind of, you know, doing one of these with his shoulder afterwards. So, hopefully, he's going to be okay. Evans had 10 targets, four catches for 49. Godwin had six for 77. Palmer had two for 47. Um, the run game for the Bucks was non-existent. Uh, seven rushes for Rashad White for 26 yards. Oh, God, I didn't even know. That is <laughs> ugly. Three catches for 12 yards for him. Keyshawn Vaughn had six rushes for nine yards. Disgusting. I mean, yes. this was a defensive game, uh, which we didn't think. Tampa Bay's offense had been Okay, obviously it's different with Baker, but Detroit had been clicking and Tampa Bay's defense coming off a bye kind of, uh, you know, stymied them, but only held them to 20 points, but you could only muster six. You're not going to win that game. So uh, yeah. Detroit finds Detroit keeps finding different ways to win, which makes them a dangerous team every single week. Exactly. If they can just leave it to hopefully, you know, David Montgomery. Okay. But they can just leave it to David Montgomery. They can have Jared Goff go off with Amon Ra, uh, Sam Laporta. I mean, there's just so many weapons now they've got Jamison yes. Williams being worked in. So, I mean, you just turn around and just, there's guys coming at you left and right. And it's just, there's no way to really know how you can actually stop this offense. They just find a way to get Imagine it Imagine if the Raiders had Goff. How much better would they be? Yes. It'd be so good. So, so many weapons. Same thing with Atlanta. Just they're yeah. missing that big piece. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a team that uh, used to have golf, but it's still rolling on strong with Matt Stafford there, L.A., 26 versus the uh, Cardinals and had uh, just nine points from Arizona. I feel like the um, the shine is kind of wearing off of Arizona. They're trying real hard down there, but, <laughs> but it is it's tough. <laughs> when the best thing A you can say about Arizona is that they're trying real hard, you know, <laughs> we're doing our best. It's not good. And they have fully turned into a pumpkin. I mean, they're one in five. You know, this is a team that is obviously tanking. I Are they going to bring Kyler back? I don't know. Gannon has done a decent job for this team. They're good against the spread, but obviously did not work this week. Kyron went nuts in the second half. He had 20 carries for 158 yards and touchdown. Uh, Cup was the only player that mattered outside of Kyron. Uh, seven for 148 and a score. Puka had seven targets still, but only four catches for 28 yards. Uh, Tutu had one for 30. They just didn't need to pass the ball. You know, I think the most weeks the Rams are going to need to pass the ball because the defense is extremely young outside of Aaron Donald. But when you're facing an offense that is putrid without their best player and James Conner, you know, Dobbs has looked bad two weeks in a row. They can't get the ball out. 
it's going to, this is what's going to happen. Ingram had 10 rushes for 40, uh, two catches for 11. Damian Williams had eight for 36. He even played ahead of DeMarcado. So DeMarcado just is nothing. You know, he's the third guy there with Connor down, which means that when Connor comes back, he's probably the fourth guy. So I don't know, maybe they're going to try to work him in and things can change when your offense is bad on a dime. So there's still a little possibility for him to come in here and produce. I just wouldn't bank on it. I'd be looking somewhere else. I'd rather have Devin Singletary or someone yeah. like that on the wire uh, this week. Marquise Brown had 11 targets, four catches for 34 yards. Um, Trey McBride was the second leading receiver here, four for 62. Uh, Wilson had three for 62. Um Moore had four for 30 negative yards and Ertz back down. Ertz turned into a pumpkin as well. He had, he was really good and then really bad and then really good again. And now a really bad game. So he is becoming, you know, there's not a lot of difference between him and George Kittle outside of scoring, obviously, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it just doesn't look good in Arizona right now. This is kind of what we expected. It looks like when Connor down, Maybe Marquise Brown is really the only trustable guy to start on that team. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we talked about this earlier. We just got we got bamboozled there with DiMarcado. He had a good game last week. 10 carries, 45 yards. And I guess that's what worried me when we we're talking about Jordan Mason earlier, that a good game before doesn't necessarily mean that they won't push you back down and push the guy that was ahead of you right back up. So that's the only thing that just like makes me have like mild yeah, PTSD think- here had like an illness or something and that's why he didn't play the week before mm-hmm. i believe maybe it was a concussion uh you know too many injuries at this point but uh you know they said in the week that he was back to number one but i mean that's also like how much coach speak do you do you yeah. want to listen to like if atlanta is going to a different quarterback you won't hear the coach say it until probably the day before, unless he wants to instill confidence in Taylor Heineke. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think Arthur Smith would announce something like that because it gives you a competitive advantage. So I don't know. It was just a weird situation where what the coach said came to fruition and Ingram is now the guy while Connor is out. It looks like, but once again, bad offense and things can change on a dime. So uh, we'll see what happens next week with the Cardinals. Although I don't expect it to be fun either. Yeah. Speaking of bad offense, um, we'll uh, wrap off with this last game here. The New York Jets 20 and Philadelphia 14. Philadelphia suffers the ugly loss there. The sad loss to the Jets. Um, This was, yeah, this was a game. (laughs) (laughs) This was a, you let them hang around and you didn't put them away game for Philly. And that's what happened. I mean, 280 yards, a touchdown, three picks, just a miserable day. I mean, statistically, it's okay for Hertz in terms of fantasy because he also ran for 47 yards and touchdown. So he was fine in terms of your score. But for the team, the three touchdowns uh, or the three interceptions, excuse me, it's terrible. DeAndre Swift, terrible. 10 for 18. Uh, he did have eight catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. He also lost a fumble. Gainwell was nowhere to be found. Uh, AJ Brown had the big game. You know, once uh, Sauce was down and DJ Reed, I thought, oh, wheels up yeah. for all these guys. Brown was great. Nine for seven, 131. Devontae, 11 targets, five catches for 44. Goddard, five for 42. They were all okay. You know, uh, Brown was good. Smith was fine goddard was fine swift got in the end zone receiving so that's fine and then on the jet side i mean zach wilson didn't have to do a lot 19 to 33 186 yards no scores 
Uh, Brees Hall, not a lot of running room, 12 for 39 and a touchdown. He had five catches for 54 yards. Um, Garrett Wilson, another decent day for an offense that's putrid, 12 for eight and 90, which is fine, but nobody else produced one for one for eight for Lazard, um, three for 24 for Conklin. Uh, Ruckert had uh, one catch for eight yards. Salvin Cook had one catch in three rushes. Like the Jets are not going to win games on offense. It's Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and nobody there. And I expect Philly to get back on track rather quickly and look good doing it. They've got Miami coming up. Miami's defense has not been good. That's going to be a fun Sunday night football game next week. It is. As we talked about it earlier, Miami and Philadelphia, Sunday night football, Jets on a bye week. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. But before we close things out, we're going to announce the winner, the winner of the glorious 36-inch fantasy championship trophy, courtesy of Trophy Smack, is Christian Similenko. Please get in touch with our customer support agents at mailbag at fantasypros.com with your mailing address and proof of your subscription to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. And we will get that trophy shipped out to you, that beautiful 36-inch fantasy championship trophy. Again, the winner is Christian Similenko. Congratulations. All right. That wraps things up for our recap show for week six. Make sure that you're following Fantasy Pros across all platforms because we have got you covered on literally everything in week seven, every single day, waivers, trades, rankings, live Q&As, everything that you need across the board on all of the Fantasy Pros platforms. So make sure that you're following us and stick around. You can find Scott at Bogman Sports. You can find me at It's Tara Time. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 